With the loss to the New York Knicks, the Pelicans have hit rock bottom. Here's how their season turned upside down. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of shows, and it's not going to be the happiest podcast today. You know me, I've been pretty optimistic about this team. I still feel that way, and we'll talk about that in the third segment, kind of about why, but I want to look at the Knicks game and the loss that they had on Saturday and what's going on with the offense and why it's actually leading to bad defense, offense to bad defense. And these two are very tied together. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, the good, the bad. We cover it all here at Lockdown Pelicans completely free. No one else coming to you like this. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. So let's get into it. I want to talk about this loss first, because to me, the guy who's been very optimistic about this team, and still am, I don't think they're as bad as you saw in this game always. I actually thought they played, for them, relatively well against the Toronto Raptors, and that was a very winnable game, a game they could have actually won if one or two little things changed. But in the 128-106 loss to the New York Knicks, Ain't nothing going to change what happened at the end of that one, the final score. There were no tweaks to make. There's nothing you can point to go, if that was kind of switched, well, then they would have won and they can work on those things. This was just a straight-up dismantling. This was absolutely embarrassing and absolutely pathetic by the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the type of game that should make you unbelievably frustrated as a fan. I truly believe that. This is the type of game that makes you go, screw this team, I'm not watching anymore. And if you turn this game off, I don't blame you at the size. I don't care if you, whenever you turn the game off, right? Do you. This is one, though, where you do that, it's like, yep, totally get it. I was thinking about doing the same myself. I actually turned it off with five minutes to go, just to go to bed early. I had to be up early Sunday morning, so I was like, I don't, I don't need to pay any more attention to this. Absolutely, that's how awful this was. The Pelicans, coming in with a day of rest against the New York Knicks, who played the night before, looked like the team on the second night of a back-to-back versus the Knicks, who had just played. One team came ready to play, and one team more or less didn't show up. That type of performance is unacceptable. That type of performance is not okay. It's one thing to get outclassed in defeat when you're trying hard and the other team is just better than you. And the Knicks now have won five straight, so they're not a joke of a team. But to the degree that it was with the Pelicans, uh-uh. There's not really many silver linings that I can look at. Yeah, they got completely outshot from three, and the disparity there was gigantic. Pelicans shot 21.1% from three. Eight of 38, my God. The Knicks, 39.6%. Let's round it up, call 40. 19 of 48. 
there was an 11 three-point differential that comes to 33 points. Pelicans never had a chance. If the Knicks don't shoot ridiculous from three at times, maybe the Pelicans are in this one. Maybe. I can't point to it like I could some of the stats against the Toronto Raptors and go, well, if that changed, then they would have been in it, right? You put Zion on the team in that Toronto game, and they beat Toronto. If you had had Zion to this team that played the Knicks the other night, they still would have lost, and they probably would have lost by like seven-plus points, and it wouldn't have been close. That's how disgusting they were in this game. And you should be upset by that. You don't get to come out with no effort and not try and just not see anything going on. And we don't even need to dive deep into why when they had no defense in this game. Right, I said they shot 19 of 48, 40% from three. And those are on like wide open looks that the Pelicans were giving them. Just giving them three-point shots. The Knicks are not a good three-point shooting team. They're one of the worst in the league. And the Pelicans were like, here, do your thing, you guys. And those guys, for the Knicks, did their thing. That's not okay. You need stops. You need some defense. Why didn't Dyson Daniels play till crunch time? I get he's coming off of injury, but like... Your defensive guy in Josh Richardson, who you played to start, wasn't, he actually did okay defensively, four steals. There were a couple moments, right? But if that's supposed to unlock that lineup and make it better, that didn't work. The starters got run the heck out of the building. Just not a good game at all. When you needed other looks on offense, why is Kyra Lewis Jr. on the bench when other guys are just not effective whatsoever? I don't get what is going on. Why does Josh Richardson, who shot 6 of 13, it's not terrible, it's not good, playing significantly more minutes than Trey Murphy when it's so clear that you need more three-point shooting? And Trey Murphy's confidence seems shook right now because of probably the way that he got demoted to the bench from starting due to no real fault of his own other than some of the defensive issues. But it's very clear they need a guy like that out there. I don't know what to tell you on some of this. This is, at times, very big mismanagement of the team. And trust me, we'll do a deeper dive on Willie Green more so than we already have. You know, you look at this game and adding Zion into it wasn't going to fix the defense. Would have fixed the offense but not give him enough because the offense just plain stinks right now. And I'll explain what's happening because that's leading to bad defense too. The Pelicans have been good, good defensively all year long. And that is struggling right now. And there's one clear area where that's going on, and it's tanking this team, and it actually has to do with the offense. Let's take a look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points? You can do it. LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds. Kevin Durant to have fewer, less than 6.5 assists. That's what prize picks is for. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. The best part, you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. And prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And they offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time you 
users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, they're going to give you 50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making locked on Pelicans. I don't even have my name up here. Thank you for making locked on Pelicans your first listen today. And every day, we're here Monday through Friday like no one else is coming to you all. No weeks between shows, days between shows. You know where to find us every single day, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And I'm going to break it down simply in this segment of what's going on with the Pelicans offense. This isn't particularly hard to diagnose. And the problem is right now, there's not a ton of answers with what they're doing. There is an answer and there's actually two answers. And I was on WWL. TV with Doug Mouton talking about this on Sunday night. So go give that a watch if you haven't already, but also kind of break it down over these two segments a little bit more in depth here. So what's the problem? What's the problem with the Pelicans and why their season has kind of turned upside down? And look, I still think they're going to be fine. I still think they're going to win a number of games and it's not like they're going to go winless the rest of the way. And Zion should be back at some point And this kind of ties into this third segment. It's going to fix a lot of things. I got numbers to show you with it. But right now, the offense is bad. Bad, bad, bad offense. That was my show note here when I'm planning out the show. What's happening here is the Pelicans are bricking everything. The shooting is garbage. The shooting is garbage. They are the third worst three-point shooting team right now since Zion Williamson left the lineup. There is no court spacing whatsoever, and it means teams can crowd Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum very easily. They get trapped. They get double teamed. And... They either need to force up a tough shot, which now becomes harder to make because of all the arms there, or they pass to a guy who's bricking it and has lost their confidence. Herb Jones opened the past two games shooting an air ball from three. Two games in a row. CJ McCollum on the right side in the second half had a shot that grazed off of the side of the backboard before hitting rim. Yet teams aren't going to respect that. And until those guys start knocking down threes and the regression from Herb Jones on three-point three shots has been brutal for the Pelicans' spacing this year. And Willie Green's adjustment was to put Josh Richardson in over Trey Murphy. Keep that in mind. Now, Josh, this isn't a Josh Richardson thing, by the way. I don't want to make it sound like I'm like crapping on him or something like that here. He's been good for the team. But he's not as much of an offensive threat as... Trey Murphy is particularly shooting. And that's something that I think teams kind of realize. Trey Murphy is shooting 39% from three this season. Josh Richardson is shooting 28.6% from three in his four games with the New Orleans Pelicans. Two starts. Keep those in mind. What's happening right now is the Pelicans are missing. And teams are then grabbing that miss as a defensive rebound for your opponent and running down the court and scoring in transition or semi-transition opportunities. And New Orleans isn't getting back and able to defend those transition uh, you know, opportunities easily or, or well. And no team defends transition particularly well. You want to get in transition and you want to run because it's one of the most efficient shots. You can break down different plays by like point per play. So a post up has an expected point per play. A three point shot has an expected point per shot, right? Point per play. Transition, point per play. You can even do it in kind of an all encompassing thing of like half court, 
which, you know, transition similar to that, right? Point per play. Putbacks, offensive rebounds, point per play. It comes down to it. You can do it in the pick and roll too. You can literally do it for everything. Transition point per play, there's something in my eye, is one of the most efficient and like highest numbers out there. So you want those and you don't want to be giving those up because even if you defend them well, teams are still scoring kind of at an above average rate against you at that point in time. And that's what's happening against the Pelicans and it's because of their misses. You hear me and I'll talk about this here too, defense into offense. The Pelicans, you know, and Antonio Daniel says it, there's really something in my eyes I'm recording this. So if you're watching me on YouTube and I'm looking like a maniac, that's what it was. Got it. Um, Defense to offense, you get a steal and it creates a transition opportunity and you get down the court and run. The reverse can be true. Bad offense can lead to bad defense. And that's what's happening here. Offense to bad defense. Pelicans are missing. Teams are getting the ball and they're racing down the court. And then it hurts you because now you have to inbound the ball and go play in half court again and it's not as good. And it's just this thing that kind of perpetuates itself. And in terms of defending and frequency of opponent transition opportunities off of live rebounds, the Pelicans are bottom five in the league in both categories. That's what's happening here. They're missing shots because they're being forced to put up bad shots in the half court because the half court offense sucks because they're missing Zion Williamson and teams are torching them. Otherwise, the defense is still good. The half court defense is good. Against the Knicks, it wasn't. But I think that's more of an outlier than the norm. And this isn't a rebounding issue. The Pelicans, by the way, during the stretch without Zion, when they're getting torched in transition, are the 11th best offensive rebounding team, grabbing 27.5% of their own misses. Over a quarter of their own misses they get. It's those other 75%, let's call it, is when they are just lacking the effort to get back. This can simply be solved by get that heck back on defense and show some pride and effort and energy and all of that. And that's not happening right now. That doesn't mean Willie Green has lost the team. It just means they're in a funk because losing sucks. And that's what's going on. That's diagnosing the issues with the Pelicans right now. The good news is, or bad news depending on how you look at it, this can be fixed very easily with Zion Williamson. Fixes everything. Everything. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. You know, going through the holidays, you set a New Year's resolution to eat healthier. This can be a secret weapon when it comes to it. I've been eating much healthier. I just feel better in general. I love eating a Built Bar every single day because with Built, healthy is actually tasty. I, I really don't know how these are good for you, but they are. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they still have unbelievable macros, like only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's always been a goal of mine recently, is eat more protein. You can get an extra 17 grams of protein with a Built Bar in a couple of seconds, and it's delicious. They come in fun flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And I've been telling you to go to Built.com for years to go and get them. You can go just into a store now. Walk into Walmart. You can pick up a box of the cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs. Go to Sam's Club. Grab the brownie batter flavor. It's one of my favorites. Or churro, also one of my favorites. Go try a Built Bar and you can thank me later. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. 
We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team, the good, the bad, diagnosing the offense, what the Pelicans can do, having some fun discussion around the team, even when they're losing. There's always positives and always interesting things to look at. Don't listen when people tell you there aren't. There really are. I love basketball, and I hope you love basketball too, even when your team's losing. There's stuff to look at that I find fascinating and just like intrigues me. And that's what we're doing here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. I just kind of diagnosed, you know, on a very simple level, what's going on with the team. It's not a rebounding issue. It's just transition defense and bad offense, letting opponents get easy and more transition opportunities. You've got to limit that. So how do you, how do you limit that? Simplest point is you make shots, you make shots. And this is why putting in a guy like Trey Murphy, even at times when he's in a slump, is kind of important. And again, no knock on Josh Richardson. I love what he's brought. And for needing defense, trying to get your own transition opportunities, the steals he's bringing is actually key with that. Same for Herb Jones, too. But you need offense, too, because you can see the court spacing is garbage around B.I. And B.I. is doing everything he can He's not as efficient as he normally is, though he's making more threes and taking more threes the past couple of games, which is encouraging with that. But there's only so much he can do. Other guys got to make shots. Otherwise, he's going to have to keep shooting over three guys. And look, you're going to eventually miss no matter how good you are when that's the case. This isn't a BI problem. It's a rest of the team problem. CJ needs to hit his shots and be more efficient. Whoever is out there else on the wing and in the guard spot needs to hit their shots. Trey Murphy, uh, Josh Richardson, Najee Marshall, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, whoever it is, they need to hit their shots. And that didn't happen against the Knicks. Jose Alvarado, 0 for 3. Najee Marshall, 0 for 3. Who else took a bunch of shots? Brandon Ingram at that point was 1 of 6, right? Josh Richardson was 3 of 8. That's not bad, but can we get that a little bit higher? CJ, one of nine. Jonas shot one. It was an air ball. You're going to lose games with that, and those teams are going to run on you, particularly on missed threes when teams can get out and run off long rebounds and your guys are really out of position and everyone's ball watching. So you put Zion in, this gets fixed. This is why they were a good transition defense early on in the year. Zion would make the shot, and the team would race back. And then the opponent has to get the ball, give it to the ref, get it back from the ref, inbound the ball, and then you can get in there. And by then, the Pelicans are set, and there's no transition or semi-transition opportunity. So you put Zion back in, he starts making shots. Well, that fixes things. You put him out there, it makes Brandon Ingram a better shooter. Look at Brandon Ingram's numbers in terms of some of the shooting percentages with Zion on the court versus off. B.I. shoots 44.2% from three when Zion's on the court. He shoots 39%, which is still a good number when he's off. There's a huge difference between those two, though. CJ's numbers are about the same. So you put those guys out there, and they're making teams pay. And Zion's creating, just for whatever reason, a little bit better shot for them. And CJ was shooting really poorly to start the year when he was playing with Zion a lot, so it drags those numbers down. Recent CJ, I think, would be shooting better with Zion Williamson out there on the court. So when you look at it like that, you know the answer is Zion Williamson. Now, you can question if that's a bad process to have your entire offense built around this one guy. 
And we're actually going to look at that in tomorrow's show. I'm not able to watch the Magic game tonight. So we're going to talk. I'm going to pre-record and we're just going to talk about something else. And we'll get to the Magic game the next day when I'm able to catch up on it all. So tomorrow is going to kind of be process of the offense and building it around Zion. Is that right or wrong given some of the injury history? I think it's a valid and very interesting question. You know, and on Doug Mouton's show, he asked me, you know, why is this team not the same as the one last year when they didn't have Zion too? And I think the main part is, you know, I thought about stretching this into a whole show. It just doesn't require it because I think the answer is simple. Is you, you built the team around Zion knowing you were going to have them and you didn't know that last year. Simple. You know, it, they, they were awful in the beginning part of last year because they were waiting on Zion to come back. And then it seemed like, oh, he's not going to come back. And so they kind of changed things. And that's when they started to go on a bit of a run and at least play 500 ball. Can you do that at this point now? I'm not so sure. I wish it was that easy, but kind of entirely changing things. Like maybe, maybe these guys did it last year. Can you go back to that? Or have you kind of spent all year drilling in the way that you want things currently with Zion? That's part of the problem. Can you have kind of two separate offenses, a Zion offense and a non-Zion offense? You know, I probably need to talk to some of the coaches about it because I think it's an interesting question and in how you prep and plan for those sorts of things. So that is kind of where they are right now. They're missing shots and it's killing the defense. And the defense, when they're getting burned in transition, can't get their own steals and then create their own easy transition opportunities. So they're stuck playing in the half court where they're bad and they're missing more shots and so on and so forth. And you see how it's just building off of each other, compounding off of each other, a vicious little cycle that they've got to somehow break. Maybe that's with lineups. Maybe that's simply just making your shots, hitting threes. It's part of the problem right now. But it's also why I think things will be fine when Zion's back. But that effort and what we saw against the Knicks, can't do that again. But that game, I'm promising you, was the outlier. They were fine against the Raptors. They could have won that game. On the 10-game losing streak, there were like three or four they easily could have won. A couple came down to the final shot that was just a miss. That goes in. We we you know Two of those go in. We view the team differently. But hopefully they can figure this out, you know, because tonight's game against the Magic, which again, I can't watch, is an absolute must win. Let me know what you think is going on down in the comments below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at NOLA Jake Tomorrow. You already know the topic of tomorrow's show. Looking forward to it and I'll see you all then.